615 presents Off the Record with Tom Lamore and Cami Fox. Off the Record 615. Off the Record. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the brand new podcast from 615 Off the Record. Uh, the idea behind this podcast, we're going to keep it light-hearted, have a bit of a chat with people that are involved with the brand, uh, clients, artists, friends of the brand. If you've got any questions you want to put forward to us, please feel free to email in or tag us on social media. It'd be great to hear from you all. My name's Tom Lormer. Some of you may know me as Tom DeLips, and my co-host is Cami Fox. Some of you may know as Cami C. Yo, resident percussionist. <laughs> so the first episode, we're going to introduce you to a guest shortly, uh, who's going to we're going to ask some uh, some questions to give you a bit of background, uh, chat about the business, how they're involved, what they do, who they are. So let's welcome our first guest to the show, Mr. Daniel Smith, six fifteen director, co-founder, aka Dax on Sat. Hey guys, how are you? Thank you for having me. <laughs> Well, it's partly your show, so you won't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit that bit out. <laughs> How's things going during the, uh, during the lockdown? Um, obviously, it's a challenging time for everyone. I'm just keeping my mind active. Yeah, staying positive is key. key. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Right. 100%. All right, so we're going to ask you a few questions, Dax. Let's get involved. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, yourself as an artist, your affiliation with 615, what 615 means to you, uh, and uh, what the company does. Yes, yeah, so uh, I'm obviously, I'm a director um, at 615, not only am I an, I'm an artist, um, but I am a director, um, so my involvement does go further than just the play inside, which a lot of people see. Um, the business um, has been set up for, what, six, seven years, uh, and we set it up to operate a high-end events company in addition to an artist management company um, a music curation. Brilliant. I know um, you're doing a lot of stuff with the, the music curation. Tell us a little bit more about what you're working on at the moment. Yeah, so the music side of what we're doing, um, I look after more of the fitness stuff. So music for gyms, you know, there's there's two sort of parts to it really. There's the actual music curation but then there's the client management side so obviously I'm looking after David Lloyd you know looking after music for classes making sure that that's license free um, and then obviously we're the creative behind making that happen yeah brilliant I mean the creative the creative element to our business is massive and I'm sure loads of people actually wonder what we do behind the scenes yeah. Bri- briefly tell us a little bit out of picking out of your brain how 615 as a brand overall market and promote the work. For me, the idea behind 615 is to be a 360 degree creative platform. And that's always how we've tried to promote the services, you know, so whether it's music, whether it's PR and marketing, but for me, it's just encompassing all those creative mediums um, to give people, you know, a place to come to get real valuable input into 
um, making helping them with their activities, or even if it's just creating a great event. You know, I know that the amount of time and effort that goes into every little part of what we do is always going to give people, for me, the very best output, regardless of whether it's music, events, you know, artist management, all those sorts of things. What do you think challenges within the industry are? Obviously, we're in a challenging time right now, but if we were to go back and everything was operating as normal, yeah, give us, give us your opinion on where some of the challenges in the industry lie. I think the biggest challenge with anything, I guess this is any market, you know, but sometimes it can be quite frustrating. I guess sometimes when I know how much heart and passion and soul goes into what we do is sort of how quickly it is for almost companies to try and replicate um, certain things when there's probably more money-driven sort of decisions as opposed to the heart for the product, if that makes sense. So I know that we're all in this for the love of the music, you know, and that's always hopefully shone through. We've always been passionate about the creative parts of what we do. Everything we do, we don't just do it for money purposes. You know, and I think that's the biggest challenge, but that's the way of the world. Money is the way of the world. So I get, you know, that, that but in, in creative industries, you know, that obviously opens up opportunities for other people, which is great, you know, if you look at it from the perspective that it's sort of opening up those opportunities, but it's where it's done with heart and soul as opposed to for money yeah, purposes, 100%. if that makes sense. 100%. And I think, you know, we're to add to that, one of the sayings that we've seen in one of our uh, very good clients' venues is first never follows. And I love that statement, I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's something cool that statement. I know we as a brand uh, work towards. So... In your opinion, actually, this question is very, very good right, to answer right now. Where do you see the industry going? In terms of where we are right now, I believe that people's behaviours are going to change off the back of this. So I do, think, I do think we'll go back to some level of normality in terms of events and bars opening and things. I think that is a very engraved part of society. But I do think people will also feel more comfortable doing activities from home um whereas people probably made well two two points really didn't feel comfortable doing certain things from home and also didn't even ever think of doing them from home so obviously with now with the situation that's happened right now people have almost been forced into that situation let's use fitness for an example i think there'll be a lot more people feeling comfortable exercising from home Whereas I don't think people maybe had access or knew that it was even as possible to do those activities from home and sort of see results from them. You know, yeah. and there's a lot of and there's companies that have adapted their business practices to certainly suit the current market, but I don't see that necessarily going away. I think it's going to add to people's yeah. business activities. I'd agree. I mean, I'd- we're seeing... Sorry, go on, Cam. I've seen more people, I don't know if it's to do with them having more time, but a lot more people putting a lot more effort into exercising and obviously showing it off on social media, which is a good thing. I think it's quite motivational as well, but having all the platforms out there, like the the online classes, the live streams, where people are all coming together virtually to do a gym class, I feel like that is a new way of people connecting, especially when it comes to exercising as well. 
Definitely. Yeah, and as, as we've all seen and we're doing ourselves, there's a lot more live streaming going on. Uh, it's going to challenge a lot of businesses, that's for sure. It's going to challenge a lot of people. I think we'll see, me personally, I do think we're going to see a big shift in the way the industry is operating. Right now, we're in some sort of limbo with no, really no light at the end of the tunnel. But on a positive note, it's forcing people to become more creative. And I think there's not, that's not a bad thing. No, it's a great thing. Don't know if you, I see creative from ourselves, like you, Dax, as an individual, Cami, and art, other, other artists on our books, other people within our business, and it drives me. But I also see people using creative stuff outside of our yeah yeah our network that is is really encouraging and and you can take quite a lot from it i do 100 percent. that's going to help boost our industry as we come out of of this so. yeah yeah i agree so moving on from uh covid uh, which everyone's probably sick of hearing about tell us a little bit about how you deal with being busy during stressful times and difficult times. How would you deal with those sorts of times, which everyone gets yeah, yeah, yeah. at some point? For me, I'm the worst for just relentlessly working. But sometimes, like you said, you need you does get on top of it and you've got to, one, recognise it, and two, be in a position to do something that gives you some kind of release away from it. So for me, I live opposite if you walk out where I live and, and down the road there's a massive big park so I'll often go for a walk yeah. uh, or go for a drive just to clear my head those sorts of things I, I have a habit of certainly working at obscure hours yeah ringing me at 2am in the morning oh mate I do it all the time <laughs> I do it all the time I'm a nightmare I'll, sit, I'll quite happily sit and do work at 10, 11, midnight yeah, it just yeah. one of them is sometimes when you're on a flow with something and you've got something in your head, I just get on with it. That doesn't always do you any favors. Doesn't always do you any favors, but you'll know this, Tom. Sometimes that that gives you well for me. Sometimes creates irregularities with other things. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Family life, friends. As an artist and a director yeah. and tough to manage. Tell us yeah. a little bit about how it is to be out gigging a lot, particularly during the peak times, and trying to manage your time to be able to run a company at the same time. Oh, it, at points, you feel like you want to jump off the end of Blackpool Pier. Um, <laughs> but it, that. No, we're not condoning <laughs> that at all. Um, you know, listen, the stress levels are there 100%. I think everybody, you know, all the team, us three included, can vouch for the artist side of things is, is late night work. I don't think, apart from now, I don't think I've had a Saturday night off in five or six years. Yeah. Well, I, I spend a lot of time with you both in the office and on the road. And it's, it, it's like, obviously... When we're in the office, it is full on, you know, bang, 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 getting stuff done. And then on a gig as well, it's it's not just like turning up to a gig, it's putting in 100% effort, the energy levels are crazy. And then at the end of it, you are sweating, you are drained. And, you know, when you look back at all the all the mileage you've done, all the work you've done, it's, it's mad. You look back and you're like, did I actually yeah. do all that? 
Have I actually yeah, traveled yeah, yeah. miles around the, around the country point. in two days? Yeah, no one really gets point. to see that side. No, they don't. And the traveling is absolutely ridiculous. And it does take it yeah. out. Yeah. 100%. I mean, we could, I could talk about this all, all day because it's... it's uh, I think going back to... Obviously, I know you, you, you made a light of a, of a comment yeah. of how you, how you would feel sometimes, but actually, in all seriousness, something that we'll briefly discuss, I think, is, is mental health from uh, working in the industry, not just as yeah. an artist, but having the extra... Having other, other, jo- other pressures, home, home life... Other, other jobs if you work full-time and you're an artist and that's what you need to do to make a living and you and you and you're just starting out as an artist and you have to put all those hours in it's uh it's something that you know it rings home for a lot of us and a lot of us have had first-hand experience of that uh, and i know that actually a point that cammy made saying that you would ring him at two three in the morning that must give you some sort of relief mentally to be able to just hundred percent, hundred percent. Sometimes it's, and this is the value of the network that we've built up. Sometimes just the sometimes we, Cammy, we do it. In fact, we all do it on this call regularly, yeah. where we yeah. just ring people after a gig. There doesn't really have to be a reason. Sometimes. No, Other than just to, speak, just to speak, just to speak to somebody yeah. on the way home from a gig, or um, yeah. I think well, it I know just I've helped. Just sat in silence, and I'd yeah, other, we've, we've all done it. Yeah, <laughs> as much as you know, we love music, we could just drive home, just not listen to anything because it's just like it's just a bit of peace. It's just that like, like little bit yeah, of space yeah. you get. It's like a bit of freedom. You finished your gig, you yeah. go back home. You got this hour or half an hour. You just sat there and you're like, this is quite nice. 100%. I don't know about you guys, but as soon as I get home, I can't sleep straight away. It takes me a bit I of time can't. to... No. Just to calm down. Never. And that's probably to do with the environments that we've been in, the, the loud music. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I certainly struggle with this. When, and I've, I've felt a lot better recently with this situation because I know the amount of energy that I use when I'm playing... In terms of the energy and how that makes you feel the next day, I do feel like I've done a workout sometimes the next day, a fully intense workout. Yeah. And you've got to start learning how to replace your body with vitamins and all those sorts of things that you've lost. And yeah. so it's a bit of a science as well sometimes. Oh, 100%. Like a sports person, the health yeah. side of it. You, as a team in general, absolutely, particularly um, people within who work with us closely within the business is actually quite good in a way that a lot of us are not massively going out burning the candle at both ends by the same no. like partying uh, going out partying during a gig um, and spending a lot of time out really really late at night drinking after an event it's more of a drive to the gig do the gig put 100% effort in drive home which I think yeah, helps yeah, yeah. massively with the, with the health implications Eating well is important. Looking after yourself is so important. important. Yeah, 100%. I think think we've done that from day one. And I think that us as management and core artists, we've kind of set the example to all the other artists by turning up to a gig on time, doing the gig, enjoying the gig, and then leaving on a high. We never really stay behind and drink. We never do that. We usually just do the gig and go straight back home. Yeah, and I think it it does really help with managing your lifestyle. Moving on. 
because this is this has turned out to be a little bit longer than I'd expected, but oh, that was great. Um, Dax, tell us a little bit about the history. How did you meet the team? How did the idea uh, of 615 come about and how did you develop as an artist? So my, my first opportunity um, came from a small little bar in Blackpool. They wanted a sax player. I got a phone call. I'd never played to house music, uh, although I will say that I've always, always been into my house music, uh, even back from before university days. Um, you know, I've always had, I think I've got every single Head, head Candy album that was out and, you know, God's Kitchen and all those sorts yeah. of things. Yeah. Um, so there was the passion for the music. I then went and went to this bar. I think they gave me a couple of beers and a pack of crisps. I didn't get paid. That was the deal. You know, and they had, at the time, I remember they had Lee Spence from Kaluki came down and this was before they were massive. And they, yeah. he came down and, when they, when they were just starting to try and put out a few bits and he did I did a set with them and then I got a phone call from Danny Howard to do an event with him um, Randy Ron I've known Danny for the snow as BBC Radio One's dance music anthems Danny Howard yes and then obviously Danny then went on to win the Radio One thing so I did a few gigs with him then he went and won it and then he came and played in Man started playing in Manchester, which is where you were already playing. Where was you it? Know, and that's where Avicii White. It was Avicii White. Danny yeah. started then playing at Avicii White, which is there where he met Tom. And then it was at that point, obviously, that Tom sort of said, Listen, I want somebody reliable to sort of probably at that point, Tom, just dep gigs too, really. There wasn't really a plan to start any business or it was just yeah, no, I think back then I had I tried to develop a smaller management, um, but like you just mentioned quite rightly there, finding anyone reliable or trustworthy was quite difficult at that time. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of players yeah. around at that time as well. There wasn't, no, there wasn't sure you could, many. You could count all the players on your hands at that time. Yeah, sure yeah, 100%, because I know you, Cammy, you were playing with Dax in Blackpool, before I yeah. met, met him, I think. Yeah. It, it was at uh, Sanook, I think it was. First, yeah, yeah. First yeah, one, yeah. yeah. Then I started playing gigs that obviously Tom gave me. And Tom, you put me everywhere, really. We were, I was in Liverpool. I remember, do you remember that little bar, Pan Am? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was, was that, there. Was that on the, uh, on, uh, on the docks? Albert Dock. Yeah. Yeah, we did yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, and then we both got busy. And it was, it was one of them at that point when like, I started playing. We, never, we just got on with it, didn't we? There was yeah. never any questions. It wasn't, it was just, let's just get on with it, see what happens. Yeah. Over that time, I think I remember in the first year when you'd started doing Circle for us in Manchester and I was doing yeah. Zizou we become very good friends over that year or two and I, I think it was after that first year of us working together and obviously at the time I was managing the bookings but you were just doing every gig possible no questions asked which obviously just to add in I know um, the attitude from you as a younger artist just starting out with yeah. that seven years ago now that is I'm sure it is I was looking at it some memories the other day shortly after that first six months of meeting you 
I think I, I got the head candy contract and we ended up doing a lot of the touring. Yeah, yeah, candy. yeah. It was after the first six months. So that that led to the bigger things. But tell us how we uh, how we started 6.15, that, where, where that came about. Uh, me and Tom had had a brief conversation about trying to venture into private events. And we, we th- thought, well, we, it's not something either of us had ever really done before. And we thought, right, well, let's try and give it a go. Uh, I think the original plan was to be some kind of event planner. Bear in yeah. mind, at this point, yeah. we know nothing. It was there, was there was no knowledge inside. We knew nobody. We were just like, let's try and do what we do and try and build it into something bigger um, through for weddings, corporates, private events, that sort of thing. Obviously, at that time, Tom, had, you had your your management that I was under at yeah. the time. And we were still gigging bars and clubs. So that was looking after the bars and clubs. And then we were going to do a separate company to look after just purely private. And then I, it was a bit of a fun bigger, was to merge everything. But obviously the risk from your perspective was that you'd already built something at your yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. And there, was, um, there was only a number of conversations that went on about, I think, about that. Uh, so we decided... You know, and we were both on the same page. At, 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 you know, I was convinced, I was absolutely convinced that merging everything and for it to become this monster that we wanted it to become was the right thing to do. Tom agreed. And then we sort of moved forward with it. And then ever since then, really, it's been a case of just making sure that every move that we make is a positive one for everybody that's involved and the brand yeah. and, you know, that there isn't really a great deal of time for, you know, I've always felt this and I don't have any shame in saying it for selfish attitudes or, no, or no. those sorts of, you know, it's very much, there is a very family driven, yeah, it's a, you know, it's and that's a big part of it. That's a big part of it where I feel, you know, for other artists, I feel like we've built the team based on support. You know, I don't think we've always got everything right, but I do think we've also tried to listen yeah. And, you know, that's where you learn and listen and try and make things better. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, hopefully that's one of the biggest parts of the business that we always did try to make it a support network um, for anybody that came and worked, whether it was people booking in the weddings or artists that were playing for us or any of those things that's such an important part of it because, again, it's not about money. When we were having that conversation before, when you start looking at money, well, it just doesn't work. You need the passion. You need to focus on the passion of it, you know, and and that's hopefully the difference between 6.15, in my opinion, any other operator, really, how, how did, so for anyone that doesn't know, tell everybody how, well, where 615 comes from. So 6.15 is, um, we had a lot of conversations about this, Tom, didn't we? It was our work. About 2,000 text messages or something, I think. Yeah. And we were just writing things down that were about me, about you, even things we were interested in to try and build brand names. And then... 6 and 15 was basically a sort of mashup 
of our birth date. So I was born on the 6th of November and you were born on the 15th of September. 6.15, bang, that's how it... And it just worked. And sometimes with branding, it's just, you know, would it have worked if it was 8.10? doesn't sound the same. I think me and Tom were on the verge of losing our jobs at one point. Um, I remember running out the... Mate, I was was on the verge. I'll never forget this. And it's not really... I should have been proud of, but it did enable us to start what we have. Um, you know, I had my, I, I had a good job at a bank, and I had my own office, my own, my own glass office. I was never watched over, so I could pretty much do what I wanted. Now that meant at points, I was able to take my iPad, yeah. my own personal iPad, into work and just do a few emails every now and again. I didn't fully, you know, I didn't abuse my position, but I definitely twisted the rules a little bit to enable, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, me to, to do a few bits on 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 their town. I know they probably won't thank me for that now, but um, ultimately that graft in that time, it, it, for me, the turning point was when we started doing internationals regular. Yeah, yeah. And then you, you finish your job at five o'clock on Friday, then you go into the airport doing a gig, you come back, it was one weekend where... I did two internationals on one weekend. I did a, a flight from one to the next, and then back. And then you, you you trying to explain that to somebody that's got a normal life that goes to work. You go, oh, what did you do this weekend? Oh, we went and did this, and then I go, well, I've been in Poland, and then I went to Germany, and then I came back, and it just doesn't sound real. And that it's at that point that you start thinking, this is daft, yeah. and something has to give. Yeah, I think that's more of it. It was the, it we'd let it build and build, and the pressure was just too much. Uh, that said, we he was a banker, I was an estate agent. We probably had the top two most hated professions in the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> people hate estate agents. Yeah, people hate bankers. Uh, but we got out. We we ended up getting out of it. It was the best best move we ever made. Right, quickly uh, before we move on to our last round, which is quick fire questions, um, just yeah. a bit of fun. Any funny stories about? 6.15, working, gigs, whatever. I know I've got loads. I know Cammy's probably... Oh, mate. It's loads. Tell us a couple... Just give us a couple of... Give us a funny story. Oh, mate. The amount of times, Tom, in in the early days, uh, and obviously, you know, for listeners that don't know, Tom got married uh, last year and I was best man and I did use this in the best man's speech. But it'll live with me forever. You know, the days, in the early days these sorts of experiences where I was playing and then Tom was able to have a bit of a chill out a little bit because obviously I had somebody with him. Um, and the amount of times that I used to pick Tom up absolutely obliterated from Bijou. <laughs> I knew this was uh, oh, mate, honestly. It's, but it's just, it just memories that remind me of where, of what, what's happened to this point. And those sorts of things stick out for me because they were funny, you know, and, and they're ultimately what, you know, I, one one bit that I sometimes feel a little bit thingy about is that we, you know, we are best mates, but we don't get to spend as much time as no, best mates no. would normally be able to do because of what we've created. You know, yeah. we don't live a functional life, really. Tough, it? It, it, it's hard work. But those sorts of things, actually, at the time, we didn't have all that going on. And that was our... 
a lot of a friendship bonding, all those sorts of experiences. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, obviously, that was about me. Cammy, you're going to have to jump in here and, <laughs> and tell the listeners about... Like, Just give us one funny story on Dax. You must have loads, mate. Oh, man. Oh, where to start? Where to start? I mean, I, I, I could do a whole podcast on ripping on Dax, but I do, I, he'd probably leave. <laughs> oh, I, know, I know me... When obviously me, Will, and Dax do gigs, where we all—I always—he's we always like have a bit of banter on the gigs, but we always love to challenge Dax to the tracks, and uh, and I know he hates it. He knows it when it's coming, but like we always we always throw in like um, you know we'll do we'll be doing a main set and it'll be going off, and then Will all of a sudden he'll throw in like Abba or something like that, and we know how much <laughs> we know you love Abba deep down. We know you know all the tracks. And, Abba uh, fan. Um, but I'm gonna. But Mamma Mia, I know that's your favourite track. But every time that comes on, straight away you look at me and me and Will and be like, you'll give us the eyes. It's like you've like you'll be getting angry, about it, but because it's going off, you'll have to play it. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of yeah. them. You're stuck. You got your sax. It's going when, you, off, when like, you're in that environment, mate. There's nothing you can do. Nothing you can do. I mean, I get it as well. I mean, Tom gets it as well. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's nothing just you can do. This is one of those tracks. Stay safe there, Cammy. Well done, well played. <laughs> <laughs> so, any wedding clients watching, if you want to request so, any tracks, it's Mamma Mia. <laughs> <laughs> Abba. Dax and Abba. Abba special. So, near the end, uh, we're going to do a little quick fire round. So, yeah. you're just going to add that. Right, so, Dax, you're just going to answer as quickly as you can. Uh, just, yeah. Just, uh, I'll start. I'm going to start off. Uh, this is a few questions, and Cammy will go, then me, then Cammy, and then we'll get to the end. First question What's your favourite cheese? Cheddar. Ooh, stay safe. Cammy. So, what? Well, I, I kind of already know this one, but um, <laughs> who's your celebrity doppelganger? <laughs> oh, for God's sake. Who's that guy out of uh, Money Iced? The professor. The professor. Professor, you're getting close. You're getting warm, but oh. professor. What an actor. Who, who, who are you thinking of? Oh, I mean, there's only one person. There's only one person. Yeah. Oh, I know oh. what you're going to say. You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> this, <laughs> this is a running joke for anybody that doesn't get that. It's a running joke. So, just to recap, yeah, just to recap, back in the day, Back in his prime, back in his youth, Dax was a spitting image of Daniel Radcliffe, aka Harry Potter. <laughs> I don't nah, think that was the case, I, but I'll give it you. I'll give it you anyway. Matt Groening, creator of The Simpsons, a time traveller. Yes. Oh, yes. I love that answer. Cammy, go. I don't agree with that, but I'll move on because I know you could speak hours and hours about that. Um, this, one, this one's quite a hard one. What's your favourite track of all time? I would say Vision of Love Bicep. Oh. I, I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting that. Right. What's your favourite film of all time? Oh, mate. Favourite film. This is a difficult one. Um, I feel like I'm on the spot now as well and I can't think. Harry Potter. Do you know what? No, no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Oh, it's Lord a good no, it's a great it's a choice. Good choice. It's great there. choice. Come in, last one. All right, this was this is more of a Tom question, but I know the answer to this one anyway. Is the Earth round or flat? Round. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> good man. Right. 
Listen, thank you uh, for coming on the show. It's been great to yeah. chat with you. No, it's been mega. Yeah, I've had, I've had a good time. Um, so, Cammy. Yeah, so um, again, once again, thanks for all tuning in and listening. And um, you can find us on all the socials. So, it's 615, SIX15 on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, was interviewing, interviewing Dax on Sax today. Again, all on socials, Dax on Sax. Tom DeLips, Cammy Fox. And the podcast can be found on iTunes and Mixcloud as well, under 615. Brilliant. So, thank you from me, Tom. Thank you, Dax. Say goodbye. Thank you, guys. Good man. Uh, and thank you once again, as Cammy says, for listening. Um, any likes, shares, reviews, most importantly, if you could go to the iTunes podcast, leave us a little review, that'd be great. We're going to be back. Uh, the next guest is still to be confirmed, but I can assure you that we have got quite a few lined up which should be some very interesting chats going on. So thank you from all of us and see you next time. Bye. See ya. 6.15 off the record.